Would you like to know the advices to be a great leader? Do you want to know the guidelines to manage people that have perdured for centuries and centuries? Do you want to know how to best administrate your resources? If you want to be a great leader, as were historical characters with Machiavelli's advices, then I invite you to listen to this podcast. This is The Prince by Niccolo Machiavelli. Niccolo Machiavelli was a polyphosetic Italian who was most, most popularly known as the father of modern philosophy and politics. His works were the first in give shape to republicanism. This is a book that was written as a gift to Lorenzo de' Medici. He was the new prince of Florence, and this book was for him to govern well. Florence at that time was a republic in Italy that dominated the whole country and Lorenzo was going to be their new leader. He was called Lorenzo the Magnificent. He was another polyphacetic, he was a patron of the arts, he was a diplomatic, a magnate and a politician. He did really well while he governed Italy. Now, our chapter one is called From the Distinct Kinds of Principates and the Different Kind in Which They Are Acquired. From this first chapter, we can see that this book is very political. In itself, it talks literally about conquering cities and governing people like in a monarchy and stuff, but we're going to adapt it in a more modern context so that you can use it to your real life. And we also have to think about changing the words prince for like entrepreneur or leader and subjects and soldiers for maybe employees and enemies or competent or competition or anything like that. And well, basically this chapter mentions the different kinds of kingdoms and how they can be acquired. And this can be explained later on. Oh, but first let me tell you guys, we have a new Instagram page and it's called The Book Eater. It's on Instagram and well, that we're going to put like little summaries of the books there. And we're also going to point out some famous quotes. So we hope you follow us on Instagram. Now, let's move on. Chapter 2. The Inherited Kingdoms. And well, this one's, well, it referred to like kingdoms that are inherited by blood, but we can adapt it to like companies that are inherited by your family members. Maybe your father owned a company and then you inherited that. Well, it's the same thing. And well, these are the easiest kind to like keep and not lose because well you are already used to that you have seen your family do that for generations and well your family is rarely going to betray you so well you will have good counsel there well now chapter three the mixed kingdoms and well this talks about when there's a new acquisition of a resource in general or maybe some capital or anything and here comes the difficulties For example, you don't know how to run it and you have to learn and etc. And you have to take care of your competition, defend your new employees, like learn how they act, learn what's their culture, the dynamics, etc. And there also exists like what is called the disadvantage of the new arrival. And well, it, it makes sense. You have to learn stuff, how it's managed, uh, how the things work there, etc. And it points out how imperative it is to have allies. Now we will skip to chapter five, which is called in what way you have to govern before there is domination. 
before taking control of something and changing the the rules and the customs and everything you have to keep them keep you have to let the old ones keep going for a while so that you can accustom to that maybe you can see what works and what doesn't and while it's also true that if you acquire something new you don't have to lose it by destroying the base that existed before and well that way it will like you can ensure that there will be no rebellion, so to speak. Now, chapter 6. The new kingdoms and how they are acquired by, by your own arms and personal talent. People follow the leadership and example of others way easier than you may think. Here Machiavelli highlights the importance of copying models that already have succeeded. And well, basically taking the best advices and teachings from somebody else that has already tried something. And well, you have to be very agile and adaptable to like succeed in something new. The best and most advisable is to win something by your own virtues and talents, not by violence or a violent decision or anything like that. That way you will have more support and credibility and you won't generate any resentment. Now, let's move on to chapter 7, from the new kingdoms that are acquired with arms and fortune of others. Well, here it mentions that in those times it was pretty common to give to give land as a present or even whole kingdoms. But, well, these things are not very applicable today because, well, you haven't heard any story that said, oh my god, somebody gave a company as a present to some other somebody. No, that doesn't happen a lot. But we have to mention that in general, a new leader can be a victim of stress and bad judgments, and you have to keep in mind that and not like fall for the traps of people because sometimes they envy you and they will put out little traps, so you don't have to fall for that. For example, your enemies, which is the competition, and your subbits, which are your employees, have to be satisfied with your with your plan of command. Like they have to agree on which rules to replace. You have to be kind, but at the same time, you have to make yourself respectable, among other things. You have to take control, but you are, but you also have to give them a little bit of freedom. And for these reasons, you have to organize yourself very well, and you have to count with the support of allies that advise you well. And you have to be very careful when choosing your allies because you never know the true intentions of anyone. The next chapter says, from the ones that came to the kingdom through crimes. And well, we know that there are illegal ways or less ethical ways to obtain the control of something or someone. And well, if you do something like this, you have to keep in mind that a leader has to live with their employees, their subjects or whatever. And if this these people like have resentment with you, then you won't do so hard. Besides, you also have to watch out for your enemies more in this case, because if you didn't eliminate them, they can like claim revenge someday. Now, chapter 9. The Civil Kingdom. This would be the case of winning a kingdom by virtue, by the support of or recommendation of others or via a promotion. This does not depend totally on merits and luck, but more on a certain ability proportioned by fortune and the need and support of others. 
If you came to be in a position of power by the support of people, you have to really make an effort to keep that support because like, it's not gonna be easy. They will expect a lot from you. And you have to remember that your people, like they don't owe you protection or anything against your competition. So you have to watch out for yourself, but you also have to create loyalty. You have, and to create loyalty, you have to create dependence. You have to make them depend on you. Now, chapter 10, how to measure strength of your kingdom. Well, if a prince is well fortified and his subjects or employees as we like to call them now are responsible and they live in harmony you will rarely be attacked by others because they will see that it's hard to get in hard to attack etc so as long as you are well set on the market or anything and as long as you have the loyalty of your employees and they work well etc it will be very hard to push you out and people need to feel safe you need to give them like warranties Now, chapter 11, the ecclesiastical kingdoms. And well, ecclesiastical refers to religious. And Machiavelli said that these kingdoms were acquired by valor or by luck, and that contrarily, they are not kept by any of those virtues. In Well, when you're in a state like this, well, they didn't need to defend it, and the, the subjects weren't governed, and it was a really confusing situation in that time, but well, The, the church had a lot of power back then. Now, chapter 12. From the distinct kinds of militias and the soldiers. In this chapter, Machiavelli talks about the different kinds of attack and defense within an estate. As said, as said before, it is imperative that there are solid bases of your leadership, because if there isn't a solid base, then you will go directly to failure. This basis must be based on good manners, good rules, good organization. It is also imperative to strengthen and protect such a state, which can be your company, your business, your idea, anything. And now a kindly reminder that you must be ready to fight against your competition from time to time. So get ready some resources for that fight. Now, what we must highlight is that you must never use forces against your own people. Now, we will go directly to chapter 14, which says the duties of a prince with the militia. Well, Machiavelli is the one that always said that you must be focused on the art of war, which we mean like strategies, knowledge and functions of your resources. Obviously, it highlights that a prince must have many virtues to get to this position. And it also mentions a tip, which is to plan invented scenarios. Of course, that have, this has to be like some um, based on some kind of reality. It cannot be all made up like unicorns and stuff. You have to make up scenarios so that you can have like already plans that like you have backup plans and everything. This is a very useful advice. Now, chapter 15. Here we will refer to how a person must behave when they are in a certain position of power. When you are in a position of power, whether, whether it is leadership or you're a boss or something, you tend to be in the focus of attention of other people. Basically, you have to behave in public the matter you want to be seen. You have to be 
like very conscious of your actions and stuff you must never forget that somebody is always looking now chapter 16 of prodigy and greed you don't have to participate or make yourself involved in projects that can aggravate your subjects basically you don't have to do anything that can be wrongly seen by a great group of people because that can lead to collective hate You don't know, you don't have to look like you're cheap, like you don't share, you don't give, like you don't donate and stuff. You have to be generous. The more genu generous you look, the better you look. You also don't have to like sell yourself with too many talents and virtues because then how are you going to prove them all? You have to always be put together, basically. Now, chapter 17 of cruelty and mercy, and whether it is better to be loved or feared by everyone. Well, we can see examples in the whole of history, whether it's very old or very new, of people that are, who were feared and who were loved. We can see how differently these techniques work on, worked with them, well, and differently if they were somebody else. And well, if Whether if it's possible to be loved and respected, yes, you can be loved and respected, but you don't ha you won't have the same level of respect that somebody who is feared. And whether it is possible to be feared and not hated, it is almost impossible to keep that for a very long time. You must basically pick one or the other. You must see which one is more appropriate for your personality. Because maybe you want to be feared, but then you don't have the personality to actually, to actually carry it out because you're a very fan, charismatic person. So it's better if you choose to be loved. And you have to manage that. But however, Machiavelli highlights that it is softly recommended to be feared than loved because that way you will have more respect and etc. And people will be less likely to hurt you or take advantage from you. Anyway, chapter 18. The way a prince must fulfill his promises. And well, it's obvious that you always have to keep up your word because like, it's a matter of honor. And you always have to do everything that's possible so that you can keep your integrity untouched. And that way people won't judge you. Now, chapter 19, it says everything that must be avoided so that you are not depreciated or hated. First of all, you don't have to take advantage of people and much less if it is in a very obvious way. You also don't have to like treat anyone like they are inferior, like it explicitly or in any way. You also have to look for respect, but do not abuse that respect once you have it, because that can lead to anger and resentment. And you have to avoid giving out threats. Don't threaten people, it makes them really mad. Now, chapter 20, which will tell us if our strengths and virtues are actually useful or not. Here we will see the phrase, which is very famous, divide and conquer. As we know, the smaller our responsibilities are, and the more we delegate, it will be more easy to control and keep us organized. Another interpretation of divide and conquer is you must divide the alliances and strength of your enemies to take control of them. 
it is said that we have to arm our subjects. And how can we do that in real life? We have to keep the people that are our under command motivated, capacitated, and prepared for anything. They must be actualized and they must be ready for the missions we have for them. We have to keep them updated with the world and well taught. And we also obviously have to arm ourselves. And how can we do this? By always acquiring new knowledge. Now, chapter 21. How a prince must behave so that he is esteemed. Nothing is more precious than a prince and his great initiatives and the examples of his rare and invaluable virtues. That way you will be admired by everyone. Just prove something that is so special about you. And well, you also have to have no doubt of yourself. And you have to be like merciful but not excessively because people tend to take advantage of that. More than anything, you have to be fair. And you have to be very clear on like which side are you on, which are your beliefs and etc. Now, chapter 22, the secretaries of a prince. This chapter basically refers to who helped out the prince, like secretaries, advisors, like precious friendships and stuff. People who bring support and advices. These people are very important because they influence your opinion and your decisions. And you have to know who you're trusting. And you have to be very objective with certain choices. Now, chapter 23, run away from people who flatter you. Now, we must know that people who flatter us too much, maybe they want to just take advantage of us. There are always these kind of people out there, so don't be deceived by their nice words and everything. If they flatter you too much, be suspicious. These people will only say nice things as long as they can take something away from you. You don't have to fall into that trap. Now, the next chapter says why the princes in Italy lost their states. Basically, it only details some reasons for the downfalls of government governors of the past, such as like too much confidence in oneself, not knowing how to administrate your resources, not knowing how to organize your people, trusting in the wrong persons, etc. Now, chapter 25, the power of fortune over human things. As fortune varies a lot, I mean, luck varies a lot, and while people are obstinate and they want to carry out a certain way and sometimes we're close-minded, well, we will be happy as long as there is luck and we will be unhappy when we're in disagreement with it. And well, Machiavelli always says that it's preferable to be like impetuous and not so cautious because sometimes you might lose opportunities and stuff. So it's better to just live in the moment, basically. Now, the last chapter is chapter 26. And this says how to liberate Italy from barbaric people. Well, in this chapter, Machiavelli re-evaluates the political situation of Italy at that time, and he analyzes how a new kingdom should go about and all the consequences that it could have on certain actions. And the conclusions that are worth highlighting are, it is important to innovate and keep 
in touch with everything that is going on in the whole world. You have to avoid demotivation in your employees. You always have to be prepared for everything. Make a plan B, a plan C, a plan C if you have to do everything you can. You have to keep in mind the advices of the art of war. You must plan everything ahead and everything that's possible to plan. And you have to always capacitate yourself and exploit your talents and abilities. Well, basically that's that. With that, we're finished with the book. It has very some very old ideas, but the, those can be translated to our world today. And well, we hope you liked it. Next week, we're going to be summarizing an excellent book, which is a bestseller worldwide. It is called Rich Parent, Poor Parent by Robert Kiyosaki. Well, see you next week follow us on instagram we are the book eater we will be having posts dedicated to mini summaries of our books we hope you liked it and goodbye